It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. So uh, we'll talk with him. That's coming up here in uh, about 15 minutes. We'll talk with him. So much, uh, very much looking forward to that chat. Uh, it's always great talking with Clayton. Uh, we've got stuff to get to, so let's go ahead and not mess around. We'll jump right into it with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right. Congratulations again to Zach Eady. Uh, again, he won another Player of the Year award. Again, this time... It's the Wooden Award. That makes him 6 for 6 on the major awards. Major award. Congratulations. As usual, when he wins a Player of the Year award, he tends to be the first Canadian to win that award. Uh, He is uh, also the first uh, Boilermaker to win the award since Glenn Robinson in 94. Dude, I'll tell you what. I don't know how Chris Foreman, the SID over there, keeps track of everything. Because they published the whole list. And I mean, there's got to be at least 40 bullet points of things that he's won. From everything from preseason All-American and Big Ten to all the watch lists, Phil Knight Legacy MVP, NCAA.com National Players of the Week Awards, Vital Star of the Week, Nate Smith Trophy Middle of the Year Team, and then the big ones, they, they bold these out. Sporting News, first team, all. first off, Consensus All-American. Sporting News, National Player of the Year. Big Ten Player of the Year. Big Ten Tournament, Most Outstanding Player. NABC National Player of the Year. NABC Big Man of the Year. AP National Player of the Year. USBWA National Player of the Year. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Player of the Year. Naismith National Player of the Year. Now the Wooden Ward Player of the Year. So in the course of four days, he's won four Player of the Year trophies. It's five and five days. Good for him, man. How will he come back? That's the big question. Uh, baseball squandered an eight-run second inning, and a late push by Evansville gives the Purple Aces a 12-10 victory over the Boilers in Alexander. Connor Castnetti with a three-run homer. Lucas Cook also went yard in the ballgame. Pitchers combined for nine strikeouts, but you know, giving up 14 hits and... 12 runs, uh, that's the that's the big thing. Next up, a weekend trip to Minnesota, which starts on Friday, to take on the Golden Gophers. Adbert Alzale gets credited with the W as the Cubs get a 12-5 win in Cincinnati. Cubs exploded in the back half with 10 runs in the last three innings. No homers, though, for the Cubbies. Just odd in great America. Uh, Cubs with 16 hits. Nico Horner, 3 for 6. Trey Mancini, 3 RBIs. Wisdom with the best stat line, 3-for-5, three, 3 RBIs. Ian Happ went 3-for-4 as well. Today's game between the uh, Reds and the Cubs has been 
postponed. It will uh, now be a doubleheader on September the 1st, which is a Friday. So the Cubs will head back early to the friendly confines where they will host the Rangers tomorrow. That's a 221st pitch. Justin Steele takes on Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there you go for the Cubs. Uh, Sox with the day off yesterday. They are back in action as we speak. It is the top of the fourth. They own a 2-1 to lead right now. They had two in the bottom of the first. Uh, Vaughn doubled, and then uh, a sheet single drove in some runs. On the mound right now, Dylan Cease. Three innings, two hits, one earned, five strikeouts already for him. Nothing else really stands out in the stat line. It's early. But they're looking to rebound from that 12-3 loss on uh, on Tuesday uh, are the uh, White Sox. So we'll keep an eye on that. There's a lot of ball games in Major League Baseball. Like, normally you get a couple early in the uh, afternoon. I get that. But you've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Thursday early games going. And then the Guardians and Athletics out in in uh, in Oakland, they started three thirty-seven. What is that local time there? That's crazy. So what? A four-hour difference, right? Am I wrong? So that's early. Angels and Mariners start at four. I mean, there's only one late game this evening. That's Blue Jays and Royals, and that's at seven forty. So yeah, it's uh, it's made. I, I did not get on my horse this morning, so to speak, to get my baseball bets ready. Uh, Bulls lose the Hawks 123 to 105 in Chicago. Zach Levine with the uh, 26 points. Pacers uh, are back in action tonight. They're going to host the Knicks. They're already four and a half point home dogs. Blackhawks got Calgary's number, man. They snapped the eight game losing streak four to three. They win. They sweep the Flames on the season as well. We talked about it yesterday. So maybe they just have their. I, I look. I didn't put money on it, but it, they were almost three and a half to one. To win that game, you certainly shouldn't have been betting on the Flames money line. Uh, but sometimes you just have a team's number. I really thought with everybody that they traded away in those you know, couple of games, that there's there, there's no way that they were going to go back up to Calgary and uh, get wins. But uh, lo and behold, they did it. Good for them. They still sit at the very bottom of the Central right now, 56 points. That's... Uh, uh, nine, no, no, I'm sorry, 11 points behind Arizona. Arizona! It's ridiculous. Yeah, they uh, they will be definitely in line for hopefully that uh, best lottery odds for the NHL draft. That's what you hope, especially with as deep and as many picks as they're going to have, uh, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, you hope that the uh, Blackhawks uh, end up pretty low and uh, pick up some uh, good talent there. So uh, they'll be back in action again tomorrow. Uh, they're going to do a little mini Canadian trip here again and uh, take on Vancouver uh, tomorrow evening. And there you go. That is today's Need to Know News. I wish I had something good gambling-wise for you tonight. I, I really do. But the fact that everybody is already playing today, I didn't, you know, again, I didn't get after it early enough like I should have. And even if I did, I would just be down to this Toronto game. Either that or I dip my toe in the NBA. And the NBA is getting weird because guys are spontaneously getting sat 
all of a sudden. Some of these teams that are kind of borderline, maybe contending, maybe not contending, are just like, hey, I'm. they're, they're going to sit, get in the lottery. You hate it. So I don't know how much I like NBA betting right now. Our friends at DraftKings do have a no-sweat uh, uh, MLB bet for you here on this Wednesday, which I believe you can still use on live bets. Bonus bet back up to $10. I mean, look at your terms there, but you might be able to use that. Uh, also, a 33% same-game uh, parlay profit boost for you when you combine your same-game parlay with any other bets. Still got time to get into that Tiger Woods top 20 if you want to. The odds keep getting better and better for that. It's up to plus 288 on that now. There's also a boost on McElroy, um, Spieth, Young, and Kepka boosted a plus 100 to make the cut at the Masters. Uh, this week, uh, there's just a lot going on. A lot going on. A live same game parlay super boost for your NBA action tonight. You can still get a plus 300 odd surge tonight um, on uh, a winner for the Masters. And I don't know what to do with that. I mean, Scheffler's going to be the odds on. Rory's always up there. I might like Spieth. Spieth might be my guy. I always pull for Zelatoris, but nah, I'm not. I'm not going to jump in on the Tiger stuff. I hope he does well. I know how badly he wants to win that, and uh, yeah, no, I'm not in on any of the live guys. They haven't been playing well. I guess I'm. I guess I'm down to speed them. After I just said that, I guess I'm. I, I'll take. I can take a boost on somebody. Maybe I take speed. There you go. I said. I, I wish I had something. Yesterday we got robbed on. Uh, how did Goldschmidt not get two bases? He had a single, and he, I don't even got a hit against the left-hander, and he's great against left-handers. Mashes the heck out of them. Ugh. Rough week in baseball. I'll tell you what. Fighting our footing here, but uh, we've had some hits. We've had some misses. Uh, we're still doing okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, listen, got Clayton Richard, Jeff Broncos baseball head coach. Uh, they uh, came out of the gate against Logansport and uh, 3-1 loss. They're hoping to rebound tonight, but I'm going to talk to him a little bit about this team, what it's like in year two versus year one, and uh, his thoughts on some of the MLB rule changes, including the pitch clock. I'd love to hear from him about that. He's coming up next. Stick around. i got more Hammer Down Show on the way. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 thehammercom Over to our Hammerhead hotline we go. Uh, boy, you guys know this guy uh, in this community. I mean, the amount of work that he's put into it is uh, second to none. Clayton Richard, your uh, head ball coach right now for the uh, Jet Broncos baseball squad, joins us here. Clayton, always great to uh, catch up with you, my man. Normally we're talking a little football here, but now we're in the spring and uh, excited to be able to talk some uh, baseball with you. Uh, you guys had that uh, game yesterday, Logansport, a 3-1 to the final in that one. I-, I know that doesn't come up your way. Uh, l- let's start right there here. Uh, tell me a little bit about that game and uh, how that one got away from you. Well, it, first, it's a difficult place to go. It's a, it's a, 
they swing the bat really well. It's a tough atmosphere. They they like to do a lot of talking, and there were times we didn't handle that as well as we should have. And reality is, we we pitched the ball pretty well, but the the costly thing was a couple of walks led to runs, and we had an error that led to the third run. And then on offense, we hit into three double plays, and it's very hard to push runs across the plate when you're getting two outs with one swing. But uh, it, was, it was more so the, the timeliness of what happened last night where we, we did not do as, as poorly as the score shows. And I, I think over time, um, as we get a little bit more of a sample size, we'll, we'll start seeing that we're, we're playing a little bit better baseball this year. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of good stuff when you look at the box score, too. I mean, seven strikeouts as well out of your pitchers is uh, uh, pretty darn good there. It is the first game of the season. I know you're want to, wanting to build on things here, too, and there's always going to be that little bit of rust, but you'd like to be able to come out of the gate, I'm sure, early and, uh, and firing. Uh, you know, you're in a year two of this. Uh, talk a little bit about what the... I mean, there's obviously now the kids are a little bit more comfortable with you. It's not like you come in that first year. You're trying to build the relationships. You're trying to set the tone and everything here. Now that you've entered the second year, uh, what has that been like compared to last year? It's it's we were able to get a lot more baseball work done, which is refreshing because last year there was so much on the expectation of practice, the expectation of how we work, the standards that we want to uphold being on time, being honest and, and working hard. That was a lot of last year. And that's what took up a lot of time this year. We're able to get into more baseball specific coaching points and, and help push us forward on the field. And so it's, it's a little bit more fun as a coach to be in those positions. I think the players appreciate it too, because no one wants to get yelled at for not running on and off the field or have consequences for not doing what we're supposed to do, but it was just a, a reality of what we had to do that first year to get everyone uh, kind of on board with what, how we're setting up the program. We're talking with Clayton Richard here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline, your head coach for your Jeff Broncos baseball squad. Uh, what are some of those baseball things that you tend to want to focus on at the high school level? I, I think uh, a lot of you know baseball fans here think about the things that they work about at the, at the major league level, but when you get the kids in at high school, because it is a, a much different game at the high school level as it does, I think, when you get into the college and in the pro things, what are a lot of things that you find that you need to focus on in developing young players at the high school level? Well, that's kind of the cool thing about baseball is it's standard from the, your first T-ball. Well, maybe not T-ball. That might be a stretch. But <laughs> those early years, learning how to play all the way up to the big league level, the team that plays catch the best typically wins and if you look at even our game last night if we throw strikes a little bit more consistently which is essentially playing catch we don't walk the guys uh we're in that game we catch the ball throw it to first that eliminates the air and we come away winning one nothing so our priority as a coaching staff and with our high schoolers is to impress upon them how important the game of catch is because a lot of times we, we go out and that's the first thing you do when you take the field and it's almost like it gets the importance of it is not amplified as it should because it's just a part of practice every day and what we need to make sure they realize is it's a part of practice every day because it's the most important part of practice every day so we're not just going out there down the line and thinking like oh we're we're out here to get loose no we need to get loose to play catch and that way that's going to start our day off right and if, if we're able to play catch well, it sets a tone for everything else in the game of baseball. So as young as 
if you have children that are in the game as young or as old as they get in the game, that, that holds true at any level. And if they take that serious, they're in all likelihood going to be a pretty good baseball player. You know, that makes all the sense of the world to me, too, because I, I think we sometimes we talk about what the kids watch, who they look up to, and you know, so much with the social media and stuff now where uh, the, the things get amplified. Lord bless them. I love the Savannah Bananas, but if you are <laughs> idolizing that, that, that's probably not working on your day-to-day game. If you're working on your bat flip, that's not working on the game. Those kinds of things get valued in there, and, and sometimes you forget that it's, it's as simple as go out there and play catch. Right, and because that's what we see on the highlight reel. That's what we see on TikTok is the, those things that come after they've done the fundamental. Because as much as they get celebrated for doing the having the antics and doing all, all those guys that play on Savannah Banana, they're really good at playing catch. We just, they just don't. It's not fun to watch a highlight of them playing catch. So it's something we gotta make them aware, our, our guys aware of, and and really emphasize it because we cannot let that just pass by and, and not not be super focused on it. We're talking with Clayton Richard here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. So when it comes to the Jeff Broncos this season, uh, what have your players, what have you guys as a coaching staff, uh, what are some of the goals that you guys have uh, have set for this team this year? Well, we uh, we believe that we are going to be very competitive in the area, and we are spoiled to be in such a baseball-rich community. Mm-hmm. So if you look at CC who wins, State titles, it seems like, every other year. Um, McCutcheon is very well coached, and they have a lot of talent. Harrison has a lot of talent and is well coached. Westside has got a lot. Like Everyone around the area is very competitive and very good. So it's 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 a challenge to be at the top of the community, and that's that's where we want to be. We want to be the team that everyone looks up to, and they go, oh, man, we, we have Jeff coming up. And we're right now, as we sit, we're not that team. So it's going to take some work on our part, and we have to, over the course of time, prove day in, day out that that we can be that team. You know, you've got all that major league experience, which I think is great uh, in teaching the kids what it does take to elevate your game to not only get to that level, but, I mean, it's one step at a time talking about, uh, you know, playing at the the collegiate level here. But the game continues to change. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts here. They've introduced the pitch clock. It it speeds up the game, but obviously it's uh, speeding up some people's mechanics as well, maybe uh, a little bit faster than they would like. If you were still pitching today at the uh, major league level, what would your thoughts be on the pitch clock? Oh, I would love it. (laughs) I I, I had an internal one, so it was. I always really enjoyed dictating the pace of the play. As a pitcher, that's one of the things that you have control over is getting the ball, throwing the ball, and it's also something we're working with our guys is setting the tone, and we do that by, by playing the game and getting it going. So many guys want to throw a pitch, walk around, look in the dugout, look up in the stand, look at the scoreboard, lick their fingers, and it, it, it kills your defense. The umpire, you lose favor with the umpire. The only person that's helping is the hitter. It gives them time to recalibrate, get in the box, get their breath, we want to get the ball and go. Um, it's, and I know Coach Shanley with our football program has all gas, no breaks. It's kind of that approach where let's get in a rhythm, get the ball and throw it, and we'll continue to do that because it's a little bit easier to do that and find a groove than it is to take all that time in between pitches. I do want to bring up, too, um, 
because we talked about these uh, young kids and, and learning and, and setting the fundamentals up. You also have a Bronco baseball summer camp coming up here. That'll be at the end of May, the 29th, uh, 30th, and uh, 31st. Uh, that is, uh, that's open to folks, right? I know it's on your uh, uh, Twitter and stuff. Talk a little bit about that camp. Without a doubt, it's, it's one of the, my favorite things that we get to do as our, our baseball program is bringing the youth of the community and, and let them enjoy baseball. And we're fortunate enough to be able to do that at Loeb Stadium. And our, that's one of the coolest things I've seen is how well our high schoolers handle those situations. We do one in the winter over break, and then we do one right after school gets out. And it's such a cool opportunity for kids to get out there on the field. Our high schoolers do a terrific job teaching those guys what they've learned through our game. And it's, it's a fun opportunity to get out there and play games, have competitions, and learn, learn the skills of the game. And we're, it, it is. It's one of the most fun parts of this job. So, again, make sure you follow Clayton there on Twitter. I know he's got it up there. It's, uh, he's at CRT, uh, or CR3s. Uh, you can find him there on Twitter. I'll make sure we retweet that, too. We'll get it on the page there. Uh, get the kids signed up. We're right there before uh, the thick of summer gets in there. Let's sharpen those skills. Clayton Richard, head coach of your Broncos baseball team, uh, looking to get some payback on those uh, berries here. Hopefully the uh, weather holds out for them, and uh, they're able to uh, do that again here. Buddy, it's always a pleasure talking some baseball with you. I love what you're doing with the team. I love what you're doing with the community. Uh, you know I appreciate all that stuff, and uh, I know you're a busy guy on top of that, too. So uh, I appreciate you carving out some time to talk to us and the listeners today. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me on. I'll- Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're back over to the Hammerhead Hotline, and uh, I hear Stephanie, I hear Scott over from Purdue Sports on the line with us here to talk about uh, another exciting weekend and action on campus this weekend that you can uh, get out there and enjoy. Uh, shout out to Dave Shondell in volleyball, by the way, on uh, Thursday. Uh, they're going to head down to Columbus. They play at Columbus, Columbus East High School. They're going to take on Kentucky uh, for one of those spring scrimmages. Uh, it's a little bit out of purview, but maybe you're making the drive. Either way, anytime we mention Dave Shondell, guys, right, that's always a positive. We, we love Dave, don't we? Sure do. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. So we want to give him that shout out. But uh, there is action when we get to uh, Friday, though. Uh, softball has got a home stand against Wisconsin all weekend, right? Sure do, yeah. Starting off Friday at 5 p.m., uh, Friday's National Beer Day, so we will have $2 beers for sale while supplies last, along with um, some cool Purdue mugs for early arriving fans that they can pick up for free. And then Saturday is our Strikeout Cancer Game. That game's at 2 p.m., and we'll be auctioning off our game-worn jerseys with all proceeds going to Riley Children's Hospital. And on Sunday at 1 p.m., we finish off the homestand with uh, youth Day, Sunday Fun Day, and kids can run the bases after the game. And admission is free all three days. I love that. A lot of stuff going on with softball this weekend. It all starts Friday at uh, 5 o'clock. Baseball's going to be all the way up in Minneapolis taking on the Golden Gophers. Saturday, though, you know I love this women's tennis team. They are crushing it, and they are back in Schwartz at noon on Saturday. Yeah, that's correct. They are crushing it. We are excited to have them back at home. Uh, at noon, and as always, admission is free. And then they're also, um, they stay in town, and then they take on Michigan State, also at noon on Sunday. So we have tennis Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Also happening over there uh, by the Schwartz Tennis Complex, there's the soccer's got uh, UIC, another spring exhibition uh, for soccer as well. So uh, there's plenty of action going on out there at noon, huh? Yep. There definitely is. Uh, you can check out tennis at noon. You can check out soccer over at Folk Field, just right across the parking lot. 
Um, get a little bit of both in if you're looking for some uh, some Boilermaker action. You can definitely do that. And then don't forget, like I said, softball is uh, also in action on Sunday as well as women's tennis. And then uh, I, I want to get into next week here because uh, you get to Tuesday and then baseball hosts Indiana State. Uh, and you guys do these awesome, uh, what do you, it's like a, this midweek promotion things that you guys do with like the $3 tickets and, and, and whatnot. Tell me about that. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. On Tuesday, baseball takes on Indiana State at 6 p.m. And our $3 midweek matchup, it's a lot of stuff for $3. So we have $3 tickets, we have $3 concession items, um, so it's $3 popcorns, nachos, hot dogs, $3 domestic beer, um, really everything, not everything, but a lot of things are $3. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have baseball at 6 p.m. for our $3 midweek matchup. We also are giving out set two of our trading cards. Um, for the season. So you can pick that up as well at the game. Nice. And then uh, you catch a foul ball. That's not $3, right? That's still that's still free? That one is free, okay. correct. Yep. All right. A lot of things <laughs> you can do for $3, but there's still some free stuff out there. Just throwing it out there, all right? Yep. Trading cards uh, are free. Foul balls are free. Uh, outside of that, $3. So pretty cheap. Sounds great to me. And then uh, we always like to remind the folks, Steph, too, about uh, football season tickets, right? You can still pick up football season tickets. Yes, well, tickets, season tickets are on sale right now. And we also just put on sale our group tickets. They just went on sale this past Monday. And if you're looking to come up with a group of 20 or more people, definitely check out our group ticket option. You can save some money and get your group sitting all together for a football game this year. Uh, there are not 20 people that are willing to put up with me on a Saturday at a football game. I know that. But maybe there are for everybody else, so make sure you pick them up. If you want to go and get tickets for football, where do they do that? Uh, PurdueSports.com. And same thing with your baseball tickets. We do remind you, softball is free to attend this year, correct? That is correct. Yeah, folk field soccer, free to attend. That's right. Correct. And, uh, hey, how about the tennis one more time, free to attend? Free to attend, See, correct. See, look, you got all these options this weekend with Purdue Sports, so make sure you get out there and you support your Boilermakers. Guys, thanks so much. Boiler up. Boiler up. All right, thanks to those guys, as always. It's a nice uh, nice weekend on campus. A lot of free stuff to do, too, which I like. It's going to be like dry and nice like in the mid-60s this weekend, so yeah, get out there and uh, support the Boilermakers. All right, uh, we keep on inching closer and closer to the NFL draft. The Colts private plane spotted down in Florida. They're doing their due diligence on a quarterback. The question is, is Lamar Jackson still in the cards? That's what people want to know. Eric DaCosta uh, says that the Ravens, they might target a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft. Really? Really? Now, he's the GM for the Ravens. People keep on asking about Lamar couple things that I, I will tell you as a Colts, uh, you know, if you're a Colts fan out there thinking about if this Lamar thing is going to be a reality, I, I will remind you this. Everything that comes out of a GM's mouth between the Super Bowl and the draft, 95% chance it is a straight-up lie. They all blow the smoke. to try to scare other teams, to try to uh, maneuver and get what they want. I still think Lamar ends up back in Baltimore. I think teams would come and talk to him. I don't think anybody wants to give him the full guarantee. 
And I think that even if he got a decent offer sheet, that the Ravens would match it anyway. And that's the boat that he's going to be in. The thing that, uh, if you're a Colts fan that's, you know, monitoring what's going to happen with your quarterback situation, I'm a little surprised that DaCosta says this. No, again, you can't you can't really buy into any of this stuff, but it seems like this is more of a negotiating tactic with Lamar to try to put the pressure on him. Hey, why don't you go ahead, sign the deal. Otherwise, you know, we may just be content with letting you sit out. And then you can go on your merry way. You can lose out on all that money for a year. How many guys have passed on the bag to sit down or sit out and then they sign something and it, tends out, it turns out to be less than what they would have made? It happens a lot. You also, as the Ravens, are signaling to Lamar, listen, if you want to get somebody that's going to help you out, you need to sign. That way we don't have to go and do this. Otherwise, we've blown a first-round pick. But the problem with doing that is, once you get to the draft, and if you don't make that move, if you don't take a hand and hooker late in the first round, you don't trade up, well, now Lamar's got a lot more power all of a sudden, doesn't he? The suitors for Lamar are gone, even though I would argue that maybe they're not here right now because they don't want to pay the guaranteed money and they don't like losing the draft picks. But it just seems like a move designed to try to get Lamar to hurry up and sign. And if it doesn't work before the draft, I feel like you've lost a lot of leverage there as the Ravens. But, you know, for Indianapolis, if, if they were going to make the move, they would have made the move by now. I'm not saying it's not still in the cards. They're doing their due diligence on Levis, on Richardson. There's this whole little possibility that maybe they trade back and then they hope that Hen and Hooker is still there, which I don't, don't think is a smart move to do. Not that I don't think that Hen and Hooker is not a good quarterback. You're just risking you're risking a little bit there. But it could still very much be in the cards if they evaluate these guys and decide, you know what, they're not they're not our answer. And that could happen right before the draft. But I just get the feeling and you listen to what Jim Ursay has said that Unless he wants to come off that fully guaranteed, you know, detail for his contract, I don't think the Colts are going to be that inclined. I think the price, the you know, Ursay said, look at the the money aspect of it and what the cap it is is not the issue. He just doesn't think that he likes fully guaranteed contracts. I understand why the owners don't want them. I understand why the players do want them. I get it. You know, who's right, who's wrong? That's a whole other conversation for another day. We're trying to figure out here who should and who will be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts in a couple of months here. Part of me still wants to fall back on Will Levis. I said that back in December, January. I don't really want to come off of that. I just don't see it being Lamar. I just don't. 
I think you're hoping that you get that five years of salary cap bliss with a good young quarterback before you got to fork over that money. And that also gives you a chance to build around and, and build a plan long-term. I think if you drop Lamar in, yeah, they don't really seem to care about the money, but I don't think that immediately makes you a AFC conference championship contender. I get injury concerns with Lamar as well. I don't think that's the answer. I just don't. And I'm giving up the draft capital. Maybe at the end of the day, that's the thing that really upsets me. It'd be one thing to get him at a deal. Um, you're paying a lot of money. Okay. But now I've also got to give up a little bit more of that future. Guys, I'm going to try to bring in that are of a high quality to add to your team that's not going to completely uh, take a sledgehammer to the budget. I just if you have a long-term plan for something like that, I just feel like that's a that, that's a poor that's a poor idea. I think the Colts stay where they're at. And I think the Colts are okay taking what they consider to be the third best quarterback. I know there's that rumor about trading back for Hooker, but I think you're leaving an awful lot up to chance there. An awful lot to chance that somebody else could jump up in front of you and and, and make a move. I, I just I think you're risking too much there. I think you can get a quarterback that you feel can be a playmaker for you long-term. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you, you've had some bad quarterbacks in your lulls here between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, and ever since Luck has gone, you had Rivers, but... Come on. I got to think one of these rookies is going to you know, be better than that. So we'll see. I, I don't know what they'll land on. Maybe we'll find out a little bit closer to the draft. But you got to think Stroud's off the board and uh, Bryce is off the board. That Those are the first two gone. I could be wrong. But all signs say that those are the first two guys. I I still think Bryce may be a little bit too small. I still think there might be concerns there. Yes, I know. We're talking, we're here at Purdue University. We've seen a small quarterback go and make a big difference in Drew Brees. I get it. But that'll be the knock there. Um, I still think Levis is the guy. Maybe Richardson. Maybe I just I can't ignore the size of Levis, the strength. He just seems like the the kind of guy that's succeeded in Indianapolis. And teams don't like to adjust what their identity has been historically. They just they rarely do. Indianapolis under Jim Irsay, pocket passer, heady guy, big arm, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. That's what they want. They want somebody smart. Now, I know Stike is going to want something a little bit different. They want somebody a bit more mobile. That's why I don't rule out Richardson, but uh, you just can't deny that Will Levis possesses a lot of the physical attributes that have been coveted by that organization in the past. We're going to take our final break. We'll wrap it up here when we come back. The Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer. 101- 
Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at new account that we had to start up thanks to, uh, well, it is what it is. Uh, it's at The Hammer Sports. Give us a follow there. Uh, you'll be able to listen to uh, the shows that you may have missed there and interviews and all those other stuff that uh, you want to check out. And we get you other great local content. So check it out. It's at The Hammer Sports. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, Coach Aaron Wood from West Lafayette Baseball. First year as the uh, head man over there. We'll uh, talk with him and uh, see how that's going. So very excited for that. Let's go ahead and get into uh, things that we may have missed. Uh, Aloy Jimenez on the 10-day injured list. Uh, it's retroactive to yesterday. Uh, he has a low-grade left hamstring strain. So Jake Berger called up from Class AAA, Charlotte's, and uh, he'll play in that. Uh, I believe, did he, is he playing today? So like I said, I got so behind on baseball, I didn't realize just how much was going on early in the afternoon. Speaking of also the uh, White Sox, congratulations to uh, Liam Hendricks, who uh, went on his Instagram today, and uh, congratulations, cancer-free now. You love to see that for the pitcher, man. Good for him. Just good for him, man. I don't, I don't have anything else on top of that. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I am a uh, big fan of Masters Weekend. Uh, I would love to go. It's just super-duper expensive and uh, impossible to get tickets. But things that I absolutely love about the Masters, the Part 3 competition going on today I wish was a bigger deal because I think that's really cool. But I understand why some guys don't want to take part in it. You know, it's a you're playing four straight days. You don't want to make it a fifth, even though you're just hitting you know par three shots, and it doesn't really matter. But I wish it would be a little bit more of a thing. I also love uh, all of the shots of uh, concession stand boards at Augusta, and you're like, hey, look, you get a pimento cheese sandwich. It's like two bucks. Warms my heart. Anybody that's ever been to a big stadium and you see. It's nine dollar beers, and it's you know you want a hot dog. It's five fifty, and all that. The the fact that the master still keeps the prices so low, and a lot of that is helped by the you know amount the tickets are. Don't get me wrong, but I'm glad because it's a chance for them to also they could easily gouge. It's like five dollars for a beer. They could easily be tearing your eyes out, and they don't do it. It's good on them. However, I do have a specific bone to pick. With the Masters app, with the help of IBM Watson, they have trained a language model to learn golf and now deliver insights in real time like an announcer would. I saw a clip of it. The voice is a little robotic. But what the heck, man? As a guy who does play-by-play as part of my job, I don't need AI coming for this stuff. Don't make this any better. What the heck, IBM? Like, I still want to be calling high school football in like 15 years. I hope I'm that lucky. I already know they're coming for music jobs. I've seen that. But is IBM Watson AI going to be able to take a, uh, a call from Phyllis and Maluga going on and on about the SEC? Absolutely not. So maybe I still got a little bit of job security. Like if you put if you put like AI sports hosts like in the New York market, I mean nobody would ever want to call, right? Part of the fun was uh, was just hearing the most insane questions being asked, and there's no way that AI is going to handle that in a fun way. It's just not going to happen. 
Oh, gosh. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the show again tomorrow. Aaron Wood from West Lafayette Baseball will be my guest. Uh, if you missed today's episode or parts of it, you want to go back and listen, we'll have it posted up on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock.